When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Screen Talk. I'm Eric Cohn, joined as always by my sparring partner, Ann Thompson. And Ann, we have a special guest today from the IndieWire team. You want to set him up? Hey, we got Marcus Jones, our awards editor. He's with us because he attended the... Uh, I usually go. I usually go to the nominees lunch. It's one of my favorite things, but we sent Marcus new fresh eyes this year. And he's going to report from inside uh, the crazy uh, Tom Cruise swirl of the uh, nominees luncheon. Right, because there's Tom Cruise and everybody else, right, That's Marcus? It. <laughs> I've, oh. I've watched this thing from afar every year, and I'm always fascinated by like the weird hodgepodge of people in that class photo. So talk us through what it was like to be inside the room. Yeah, well, first, hello. Nice to be with you both for the first time on this. Um, but yeah, no, I uh, and definitely set me up uh, and some of it exceeded my expectations. And then there were a couple disappointments. I think first off, uh, Anne talked about, oh, one year I sat next to Emma Stone. One year I sat next to Martin Scorsese. This year they sat us next to no one but our peers. Uh, that really makes me angry. I was actually thinking about this this morning. Like, how do we make sure they don't do that again? Because it, it it's so lovely. They have a little thing where they all the little balls are in a you know they roll them around and every <laughs> it's a lottery and you you each get every press person gets a place. Yeah. And they didn't do that this year, and I think that's terrible. You think they're guarding <laughs> people from inquisitive yeah, press? I think there were a get few in too trouble? many Spielbergs and Cruises this year, but they could mm. have spared those tables and still sat everybody everywhere else. You know right. what my trick is when I'm I'm I am seated at a formal event and and I don't want to be in that position, I don't sit there. <laughs> I leave and I go somewhere else. Look for an open seat. But I understand there were a lot of probably security guards and stuff lurking around. No, so. you wandered around the the area where all the tables were. Yeah, I think the funniest. Yeah, the funniest would be people would be like, "Oh, I'm going to the bathroom," and then it's like. No, that's the, you have done. to work through. So start from the beginning. So you arrive, there's like a red carpet area and people are, I think the first people were brought, I was watching from afar as well, <laughs> Colin Farrell and Austin Butler, you know, uh, sort of clutching each other in a, a collegial way. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I got there like right around when it started, I was in such a rush. I like abandoned my car at valet and they had to come in and be like, here's your card. You missed this. Um, but when I got there, uh, yeah, it, you could already tell that people were kind of swirling around Austin and to the side I was on was, uh, all quiet, kind of rolling deep. Um, but yeah, I think, the entire room changed when Tom Cruise walked in. It became a matter of like, this is a section of the room that you just won't be able to walk through because everyone wants a piece of Tom. They had been waiting this uh, entire season for him to show up to an event. And so people were really taking their moment. And it was funny too, because to the side, there would be like, 
these amazing guests as well. I think Malala was another popular mm. uh, nominee that people wanted to say hello to because she produced one of the documentary shorts. Um, at the gate. Yeah, but so, we were... so Spielberg went up to uh, Cruise. Yes, the big viral uh, moment. <laughs> um, I had seen them walking around. I might have even seen Stephen walk over to the Tom section. Um, but yeah, no, that was a uh, that was wild. I think the other person who had the longest moment with Tom was uh, Austin Butler. And what I did see that kind of made me laugh was um, you see Tom talking to Austin and Christopher McQuarrie, who he's worked with a ton. Uh, and then from like the two sides, because he's right in the middle of like a staircase, you see uh, Angela Bassett walking up the stairs to get the to get to tom and kiwi kwan walking down the stairs and angela makes it into the group photo so you got a good group <laughs> photo with christopher angela tom austin but key uh was sadly like right on the side with his phone in hand like and wow. I was saying, if he, he was just took selfies. one more step, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I always love those events where you see the hierarchy of stardom. You know, it's like if Kiwi Kwan was like the biggest star in the room, everyone would want a photo with him. But in this situation, everybody wants a photo with Tom Cruise. And I, I one thing I noticed, I didn't realize how many Oscar nominees I'm Facebook friends with. My feed was cluttered with so many Tom Cruise photos. Like, there's all the Breeze photo with Tom Cruise, and then like Joanna Vicente from Sundance in the background. You know, it's like everybody was trying to get in on this one person. And so, I loved yeah. when they finally went up to the to the risers. So when they go to the risers, um, you you measure right the the applause. So what did you pick up on at, at that point? Yeah. So they the first person was Jamie Lee Curtis, and immediately she got a huge applause. And so that really set the tone for everything, everywhere, all at once, getting like the biggest cheers. And so when you're like trying to analyze some of the races like oh like what kind of thing what kind of clapping is a uh, kate gonna get versus michelle or whatever like michelle definitely got a big applause and even jonathan wang the uh producer uh of everything everywhere all at once got like a huge reaction and so uh they were definitely that's the film that as a whole got the most applause but then there were like some surprises like i had told you that um nan golden got a huge applause and laura poitras uh kind of the same and so now, eric has been you know lobbying for that film as the favorite <laughs> and i've been arguing against it but i might be well wrong. the category is of the politics right? of Look, nan golden is you what have it is. you have the navalny uh celebrity activist component you have the fire of love being a, a commercial success and then you have Laura Poitras being a uniformly very well-respected filmmaker who's won before, but maybe there's an insular doc branch component to that. So I don't yeah, know, Man but you're Golden, saying she was popular. They're approving what she did. With yeah, she, I mean, she, is, she is an important activist. It maybe, you know, she hasn't been imprisoned like Navalny, but she is certainly an important American figure in that respect. So that's that's notable. That is a sure. surprise, though, that she would get a big round. How yeah. much noise was there for, for Maverick, though? Because it, I will say, I mean, I know it's a bit of a tangent, but the viral moment of Spielberg saying you saved Hollywood's ass, That's it. That you know, like 
I'm wondering how much of that was felt in the room and and if there is still like a significant Maverick contingency despite all the everything everywhere momentum. People were thinking about Tom. They weren't thinking about Maverick. Uh, I think Tom was the only one who really got a big applause. Uh, I think people were just really excited to see him, but I don't think it necessarily transferred over into people cheering on the film. But he's the uh, nominee, Angela Bassett right? landed with Tom Cruise with his arm around her on one <laughs> side and Bill Nye with his hand holding hers on the other. I loved that. Yeah. She was so happy. <laughs> no, there's a, there were some really fun uh, pairings up there on the risers. I had seen uh, Stephanie Shue after and she was on the top uh, riser right next to Brian Tyree Henry. And she's just under five feet. And so she was kind of peeking in for the most of it. And I was like, oh, were you talking to Brian about like getting a boost? And she's like, yeah, we were talking about every camera click is a little hop. So one hop, two. Oh, that's Um, amazing. And then uh, my other favorite and why immediately after I had to run to them was I saw that Diane Warren was next to Jerry Bruckheimer. And she had told me before that she wants to do Coyote Ugly 2. And so <laughs> seeing that she got that moment with him, I'm like, did you take it? And she's like, yeah, we talked about it a bit up there. And I was like, how'd he take it? And he's like, well, Jerry Bruckheimer is kind of... A <laughs> he plays his cards close to the best. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not the moment where he's going to commit to a sequel anyway. You know, he yeah. kind of has to have uh, office hours for that. But, but it's we really cool also- that Jerry's finally got a nomination, you know, after his whole career. He has yeah. he's an Oscar nominated producer. Yeah. So why don't we talk about who wasn't there? Because I feel like there is an element of that that's that's significant here. So obviously, Andrea Riseborough was anybody in the room um buzzing about that i mean the fact that that you know the best actress nominee who has you know generated the most press in the past few weeks uh was was a no-show yeah people certainly wanted to see her but there was a bit of chatter like uh in the beginning like is she gonna show up like has anyone uh caught eyes on andrea riseborough and Anna um, Armas didn't come either i know that was uh a bummer to me i was excited you were looking uh, forward um, well, but and yeah. Jim Cameron wasn't there. Yeah, I bet yeah. if he'd been director uh, nominated, he would have shown up. Yeah, I was he's licking his wounds a little bit like <laughs> that's four, weird. You know what he's like. Four nominations for Avatar is not enough. <laughs> and if God. he's going to be competing, he wants to win. You know, he knows yeah. he's only going to win VFX. He knows that already. They just yeah. broke the record last night. Nine awards. Yes, awards. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, Titanic made significant box office this past week. You know, yeah. like he, the the level of hubris or whatever it is it takes <laughs> to be like, eh, that's okay. I don't need to go to the nominees lunch. Is it just astounds me. I mean, come on. I love there was a clip of him talking to the um, SS Raja Muli that that was making the rounds a few weeks ago that I thought was really great. I, got oh, yeah. to, I, I orchestrated that introduction. Oh, did you make it happen? The Critics' Choice Award. So you were right outside the frame or something. <laughs> Credit where it's due, folks. But sure. but I mean, it's, it, and I imagine that when the RRR song uh, got a call out, when Natu Natu got a call out, there was some noise in the room for that too. That seems like it's sort yeah. of a Yeah, great. there was. No? Was there, <laughs> oh, no? was there more noise for any other song? Huh. No, no. Song was a category that you didn't hear a lot of... Um, People have to catch up. I bet um, Deacon's got applause. Mm, a little. I don't. 
I think who do I have? I'd say like again, it's mostly the actors, but um, I think the other significant one is that like you couldn't really tell uh who got a bigger applause between Austin and Colin. They both got like a pretty big reaction. Colin Farrell. What about um, Brendan? Sorry. Not that much. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Um, enough to for some the person next to me to know, like, hey, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Interesting. Not hearing what you would think. I well, mean, as as we have pointed out before, that movie does not have a best picture nomination. Yeah. So right. Maybe it's sort of a cum- cumulative effect in a way that you you actually hear in the room. So yeah, yeah I'm questioning um, that makeup lead now. Yeah. Well, I was longer. listening for the makeup. I'm like, at least is makeup going to get like a bigger action? And not quite. I mean, everyone, there was a steady stream of applause. I don't want it to seem like people just fell silent when the whale got brought up. But yeah, you could tell sort of the different levels. Um, but I will say the other thing, uh, speaking of Colin Farrell, he was kind of my MVP because even talking to people afterwards and I'd say like my favorite kind of exclusive moment was of course, again, this is like another uh, bathroom (laughs) moment, but like I happened to be in there as the same time as Colin Farrell. And when we both left the bathroom, I was like right behind him and he immediately went up to event staff and was like, Hey, could you find me Paul Mescal's table? Like, uh, do you know where Paul Mescal's table is? And so I'm like, oh, this sounds sweet. Like, let me uh, pause to see what happens. And <laughs> Stock. He go, he go, no, I, I stood from far. I gave it the distance, but sure, I sure. looked over the rail to see. And Colin uh, went up to Paul and it's they seem to have like a nice moment. His hand on uh, Paul's oh, shoulder. Countryman, you know. Yeah, fellow, fellow. That, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, And Paul and had he... to rush out. But I asked Paul Mescal, like, um hey i saw that happen and he was like yeah no it was so awesome like this is one of the best days of my life kind of well it's crazy he's still in rehearsals for streetcar named desire yeah. right that's yeah. I mean, it's insane why to be is he in rehearsals he already got reviews there's going to be a second run but uh austin butler also said that like speaking of that moment they had on the carpet like i was asking how was this event and he was saying like it was so nice to well one he was like most of these events are so focused on our movies and we don't see everyone else and so it's nice to be able to like talk to everyone compare notes etc but i had seen he had a moment with brendan frazier uh after the picture i had also he also told me that he really uh loved his chat with colin and then of course as we're talking uh alfonso Cuaron walks right up to him to congratulate him and compliment him uh, and so, he so was Alfonso Caron is the producer of Le Poupi, one of the yeah. um, shorts. So should we do? Should we get Let's into the do shorts? That. No, all of these are coming into theaters. So it's it's. I think that's one of the coolest aspects of, of Oscar season. Really, is that these films are so different from the others that we spend so much of the year talking about. Um, and they're they they're culled from a wide range of possibilities of Oscar qualified shorts, as as I learned from curating an event of Oscar qualified shorts last fall. So it's it's kind of amazing when you look at them. They're they're very international. 
there's so many different styles and all the different categories. And I would say to a large degree, kind of unpredictable, but let's see where we land. Always unpredictable. Even when you've seen them all, just because you like something doesn't mean that's what the Academy is going to go. Yeah. The whole branch, all the branches. Yeah. But not everybody. The thing to remember with these, with the shorts is that um, there is a, a branch, you know, the animation and shorts branch, they are more likely to have seen them all than the rest of the Academy. So it it is up to them pretty much Uh, a lot. If you talk to Academy members, a lot of them don't watch the shorts, Um, but let's do animation first. That's fun. Is everybody ready? Let's get into it. So let's go, Marcus, you pick uh, the one that you think is the winner and maybe the one you think you like the best that you wish was going to win. So this is the category where I think uh, I have the same answer for both. And I loved My Year of Dicks. I think that is the (laughs) short that when it was announced, kind of garnered the biggest laugh um, during- Well, because Riz Ahmed had to say it. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, watching it, it was just like really fun, Uh, even though it's in chapters. And so it's kind of split into five parts. I think that it was funny- Um, I think the animation was really creative. Um, And yeah, I just had the best time watching it. So you think that'll win too? Yeah, I think that um, because there's not quite a huge player uh, this year, I guess Apple with um, the boy, the mole, the fox, and the horse. That's what I'm picking to win. Yeah, Um, I I was going to say. It's the most uh, elaborate, the most uh, emotional you know, mm. it's it's very moving. I mean, I didn't love it. It isn't my favorite one, but it, but I I can see why it could win. I think it's beautiful, but it's it's long for a short. It's um, the longest of the category, and it's very quiet. Um, and there really are four characters. It really is a boy, a mole, a fox, <laughs> and a horse. Well, it's a well-known children's book. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is the, the one in at a moment when there are all these conversations about, you know, getting animation out of the, the children's category. This is yeah. a children's short. It, it's for kids. But it but it's for kids in a way that I think is very affecting. It's it, right. it is a little long and almost almost I mean, it's on Apple TV. Like it's probably the most like commercial of them. Like people will watch this not even thinking I'm gonna watch a short film. Um, but it is, I think it, it is pretty emotionally affecting in a way that's probably going to resonate with more people. So I agree with Anne. It probably is going to win. I mean, like to me, Ice Merchants, which by the way, is the, the first Portuguese film nominated for an Oscar period, oh, which wow. is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, that's that my was, favorite one. I, I love it. Ice Merchants. I wish that I would win. On the same way. Like, yeah, it's I mean, gorgeous. I, it's, it's so beautiful. stunning. It's so, and, and, and you're wordless. so mystified by it while you're watching yeah. it. Yeah. Hugely innovative. The story of this, this got this man and his son who kind of live in the mountains and, and parachute into town every day and the perilous journey that they go through. I mean, you know, as a, as a young dad, I certainly felt some <laughs> of that, but also, you know, don't have to be to, to see the emotion inherent to it. Um, but, you know, then there's the uh, an ostrich told me the world is fake. And I think I believe it is just like bonkers claymation, Charlie Kaufman type of thing. Like, that's not going to be for everyone. No, and my year of dicks, that'll do well. Like you could see my year of dicks, like maybe some of the younger members wanting something that, right. that has more edge to it. But it but it's not for everyone. I like the flying yeah. sailor a lot, too. Um, but it doesn't quite ma- measure up to ice merchants. It's just graphically just uh, just in terms of the animation. Ice merchants is stunning, just stunning. And it yeah. takes your breath away. 
Yeah. Know, and it's, it and puts it, you right out there. And yeah, you know, he jumps. You don't know that he's that he has a parachute until right. he uses it. You know? Yeah, I think if if there was one, if there was an upset in the sense that the winner was some one that like everybody who watched these films really thought about it, it could be a film like that over the boy, the mole, the fox, and the horse because it it's just it really does leave an impact. But I, I would say that that the, the the former has the edge as well. So why don't we do documentary next? Okay. Let me pull it up. I will say the thing I really enjoyed this year is that. Um, most of the films are super accessible. And so if you have uh, Netflix, you could watch uh, Elephant Whispers and Martha Mitchell Effect. And if you have YouTube, which I think everyone does, uh, you can watch Hall Out and Stranger at the Gate. Um, and the and New Yorker, it, New Yorker had five shorts this year. So yeah, were, yeah. Were, you could watch they it were, on the New Yorker site as well. They did Ice Merchants and Flying Sailor as well. Mm -hmm. And then How Do You Measure a Gear? Uh, I think that's what we would have to see in theaters. Um, but I would go with Stranger at the Gate. Uh, you know what? Again. Well, no, 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 no. I'll, I'll, be, uh, I'll be true to my heart. I think Stranger at the Gate is what will win. I think Haul Out might be my should win because that has a transition that blew my mind. It freaking rocks. Hall Out is incredible. so great. It's, it's like a favorite. reveal. My absolute reveal. favorite. You, somebody opens the door and you're like, what? This you know, about it's what? just as well not to tell people. Yeah, I know. You're, you know, you're in this landscape. It's very remote. You know, this yeah. guy's sort of his scientist trudging around, eating things out of cans and so on. And then he opens the door one morning and bam. Yeah, it's <laughs> just great cinema too. I mean, I went yeah. through... Not, I mean, I, I would say, you know, it's like Stranger at the Gate, very, you know, emotionally affecting story of this, you know, war veteran who initially plans violence against uh, a mosque after 9-11 and then, you know, is embraced by them and, and changes his mind. It's very moving. I, I, it's, yeah. it, that's it the works. one Malala it, is, is hot. Right. Hockey. Right. Yeah. I, I get why that one works on, on a broader register, but all these conversations, I mean, I've come back to this a bunch, like why has a documentary never been nominated for best picture? Why a doc is already always seen in this very kind of like, you know, specific category when they're so expansive, like haul out is just like great cinema. Yeah. And I think like, I know the doc branch is really high on it, but I would hope a lot, a lot of people who watch these sections, that's the one that really like surprised. And you have to think about the doc branch as being uh, additionally, along with the shorts and animation people, they will be voting in this category. They will have seen these. They, they have checked mm. these out. Um, but not but necessarily the whole Academy. You also have stuff like Martha Mitchell effect, which is one of the Netflix ones. And that one is, you know, it's a, it's an archival doc. Um, you know, it's, it reminded me a bit of the Penny Lane made a, a documentary a few years ago called our Nixon, they had a similar approach. Of course, this one is, it's not about Nixon, but about the wife of Nixon's attorney general, but, um, you know, coming on the heels of Gaslit last year, I mean, it, it does have a sort of time. The word blabby thing. comes to mind. <laughs> yes. Um, but but she's I know delightful. Like she's it. delightful. Yeah. She's, she's like disruptive. She's breaking it all up. But it's a straightforward, you know, documentary. It's not it doesn't break any any boundaries, really. It's, right. It does what it does as well as it does. Right. It just and has I, like a cool visual look uh, in the way it does archival. That's true. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, there's good. It's good filmmaking as an archival doc. There's no question yeah. about it. Um, um, I think the one that's going to win is the Elephant Whispers. Do you? 
Yeah, that's the one with know. the most emotion. That's the one with the people in a in a village in India taking care of uh, baby elephants, and they're the most successful baby elephant rearers that have, that have ever nurturers that have ever uh, happened. And and they and, and they get very attached, and they're like children, the little elephants, and they're very big, but but they're young uh, baby elephants. And and I I just I, I that just seems like a natural to me to be the one that everybody goes ah and and I, kind of goes for i felt like after a while i kind of got the point and then there were like 20 minutes left in it yeah it's beautiful and from as a, you know an environmentalist standpoint you know like that i i appreciate what it's saying about the need to preserve these these obviously intelligent species that are that are constantly in danger and, and so forth but i also I, it was it's like a little heavy-handed like it's bef- long before the movie's over you're getting text on the screen telling you about you know how endangered the 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 environment their environment is and so forth and i i just feel like you know, there may be people, a sufficient amount of people who look at some of the other options here and recognize that there's some stronger possibilities. But, uh, you know, certainly the elephant is very cute. So so the haul out <laughs> one that. is the most visually stunning and surprising. And, and it's also environmentalist. It has right. a message. Yeah. But you so, experience so the cinema first. Be- yeah. I, I, I could see a surprise here. I, I think I, I think that that and Stranger, those three Elephant Whispers, Haul Out, and Stranger at the Gate are all powerful contenders. I would yeah, say. it's a it's a tough one. I feel like we all need to start asking around. And and, and which and one did you say one. was going to win, Eric? I I think that Haul Out could take it because oh, that it, would be it great. Really, be awesome. I, to me, it's all three like, of us want it to. Everybody yeah, talks yeah. about it when they we view. If people are really watching the categories and voting that way, then then that gives it a an edge. But uh, but I guess we'll see how that unfolds. I mean, people really do have to watch these things. So yeah, um, real quick people on who watch them can vote. So you right. have to assume that the people who vote have seen all of them. Right, and and I, and you know, obviously, like New Yorker has a good track record in this category. Netflix, you know, won its first Oscar with the doc short with the White Helmet, so they, they've always done well with this category. So it's it's pretty competitive. But but I, I mean, okay, I'm let's do uh, let's biased. do live action uh, short. Um, let's do it. So, uh, Marcus, which one is going to win and which is your favorite? I mean, I would agree that Le Poupie is probably the winner, but I think my favorite was probably Evolu. Hmm. Oh, that's interesting. I liked it very much. Tell them what it is. um, It's a story set in Greenland within uh, indigenous cast, and it's a young girl is searching for her sister her older sister and um it's very emotional and it's kind of a darker story but not um i th- yeah i mean i was worried watching a lot of this category has a representation or reputation for um just every film being devastating uh and so evilu is kind of devastating but it hits on like a more positive note toward the end but it's also just visually stunning because you're Beautiful getting these huge landscapes and glaciers and greens and glaciers and things like that. And so I uh, was just most taken uh, by that film. Um, but Lee Poopy, I mean, it's funny. It's uh, it, it's very cute. Um, it's got the Lee J. Walker, who's yeah. a major 
Italian director, which is right. kind of cool. That say she that got five it. times fast, Eric. <laughs> Alice Rohrwar, is that hard for you to say? I'm not talking about a, a pitch a pong here. He'll sneak in with a Disney Plus short one day, but yeah, I'll take this as a starter among the, um, the can crop. She's Italian. She's Italian. Yeah. She's an Italian. established feature filmmaker. I mean, a yeah. lot of people already know her work. And, um, and this is Lazaro. Amazing. Is just yeah, yeah. beautiful. It's a story. It's a period piece, you know, set at a, a, a convent school and where the nuns are not mistreating the students really badly and it's christmas yeah and, and i was they gonna have say an there opportunity is to eat humor. some delicious yeah. food that is taken <laughs> away from them it, yeah it's very well done it's not exactly anti-religion but it's like almost kind of is i would it's say like in a but in like a like sort of playful way they can have it both ways which is why it works on disney plus you know it's like you have to to know that it's being subversive to the really danger play. on disney plus is that i tried to watch it there and it was dubbed I got that too. Yeah. And you <laughs> automatically and I, I couldn't figure out on Netflix. I know exactly how to get the subtitles the way I want them. I couldn't do it on Disney Plus. Did you figure it out? I, I figured it out. Yeah. I very quickly it was, was hard, like, nope, though. not doing it. Not doing it. Yeah. That, yeah. That's it's annoying that that happens. And especially now because we, we are living in a moment where more and more people are turning subtitles on in English when they speak English, you know, because they like that. Um, because of the second screen experience and so forth. So to me, it's like, just trust your viewer to go along with it. But these are the times that we're living in. I have to say, though, it's a really remarkable category in terms of the range of stories. Sure. They're all very small stories, like Night Ride, super charming. One. Yeah. And, and like really and great concept. You don't know where yeah. it's going. Yeah, yeah. Like this woman hijacked a, a train basically, or like a tram. It's fun. And then it's something really weird fun. happens. And yeah, it's just like a short uh, woman. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, a little person, and and she's it's a really good performance. It's Norwegian, and it's set in a very cold place where it feels kind of alienating and stuff. Red Suitcase is a similar. Similarly, it's like basically just one actress who's like hiding out from. And again, you, you don't know. She's supposed to meet uh, her arranged marriage. Her arranged mother, yeah. Arranged, she's getting off of a flight, and, and phone, she's got yeah. the red suitcase, and that is a way to identify her. And right. in order to get away, she's going to run away. She takes her hijab off. Right. Yeah. And that's and that's not really a spoiler. Either. That's like in the beginning. And then it's like, well, how does she sort of avoid him? And, and it becomes this sort of like real time thriller thing. So I, I like that quite a bit. You know, an Irish Goodbye was all right. It, it was I, I, I think I described it, it where it was like a ban Banshee's Light. It's like super, super Irish comedy very beautifully made though very gorgeous yeah. very well you know arranged shots um it's a it's two brothers um and the mother has died and one brother lives far away and and doesn't want to keep the farm and the other brother wants to keep the farm and the older brother doesn't think he can handle it and yeah he's being and there's a bucket list element that's right go that's right the bucket list yeah yeah that's true that's true well, so there's a little brotherly bonding that goes on before the uh, before we get to the end. I would guess Le Pupil has it, but I think the Ivalu argument that Marcus made just shows you that there is, there really is potential for unpredictability here, and and I guess we'll we'll see how that evolves in the weeks ahead because we still haven't. Last week we we know we had like basically a month till voting closed. This is and a now great lineup and we should, I, we, if you, if you, if you watch them and make your own decisions, you can come out ahead on your, on your Oscar ballot. It's the shorts. Yes. 
that determine yeah. whether you, you really your Oscar ballot. It's true. Like you think it's like, oh yeah, if you know crafts, then you can kind of like fill everything in. But these ones can really trip people up. So and they're like Marcus said, a lot of them are super accessible, you know. Yeah. And and in fact, all of them can be seen in theaters, which is still a thing people do. So well, Marcus, <laughs> well, explain that. There's a, there's a series that goes around. Yeah, Shorts TV puts them out. Um, uh, who we partnered on our event in December that puts them out in theaters every year. So they're they're out. Uh, you can go Just watch, down them and watch them in a lot of places. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All at once. Oh, and uh, Marcus and I were in Santa Barbara last weekend. Yeah. yeah. So uh, you got to see the Angela Bassett tribute and the Kate Blanchett tribute. And I did the writer's panel, which you came to. Thank you. Um, yeah. And the, and the producer's panel. That was the, There was a lot of good stuff. Yeah. Um, so Angela awesome. revealed a lot that I did not know about what's love got to do with the, the Jackson's American dream. So it was really interesting. Which is why she's going to win because it's <laughs> years and years of stuff that she's been appreciated for that has not. There's been one element though, which is interesting. I interviewed, um, we're going to do our anonymous uh, ballots. And I interviewed this one guy who um, hasn't seen Black Panther. Huh? But he's well, seen the trailer. That, and that's I don't know what's wrong with that guy. So that's one, that's one of those kinds, like people who haven't seen it's, it's one thing if you're in the crafts, if you're voting for the crafts and you haven't seen the Batman or, or something, but there, there are a lot of Academy members who don't go to yeah. the big Marvel movies and, you know, stuff like that. So I hope that isn't an, a factor that would be a negative for Angela Bassett. I hope people see Wakanda forever. For I think they've played it very smart, making her the focus point of the trailer, uh, because that is like her Oscar clip uh, that... Uh, and that's kind of all they need to see how great her performance is. Well, they should see the whole movie. Before they, they should watch, yeah. watch the damn movies. people. So, apologies. Me. Please watch Black Panther Wakanda Forever now streaming. Even, on if, Plus. even if you don't, even if it's not your thing, you know, voting yeah. is a responsibility. All right, Marcus, thanks for being here uh, and stay tuned. We'll see where we are in a couple of weeks. Thanks for having me. Of course. Yes. Looking out. Bye all. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come, find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu.